Last week we heard about Peter and Cornelius. We heard about Cornelius's vision that said, go find Peter. And how as he had sent men to go find Peter, Peter was having a vision as well. And Peter's vision was that the, a sheet was lowering from the heavens with all types of animals, and he heard the voice of God saying, get up and eat. And we hear Peter, because he is a, a good Jewish man, he knows Jewish law, and he proclaims, I, I can't eat that. I, I, by no means will I eat that. I've never eaten anything profane or unclean. And, and then it says that the, vo- that the voice of God says, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. And this happens over and over. And as we continued through the story, we saw that Cornelius had obeyed the vision from God and he had sent people to go and get Peter. But that Peter was a little bit hesitant because Cornelius was a Roman officer. He... And, he had been Peter had grown up knowing that the Romans were not people that you were supposed to associate with. The Gentiles were not people that you associated with. They were not welcomed in the town. They were not welcomed in their understanding in the kingdom. And God shows Peter that his old way of thinking was too small for the kingdom living. And today as we're going to look at Acts chapter 11, what we're going to hear is that after Peter's understanding began to grow, as, as he interacted with the people, as he engaged with the Spirit and began to realize that God was the God of all people, not just the people that he liked or that the rules told him, but that God came, lived, and died to revive all people and resurrect all people to bring the kingdom to all of creation. We, we hear him returning. And in Acts chapter 11, we hear this story that the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had already accepted the word of God. So when Peter went to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers criticized him, saying, why did you go to the uncircumcised men and eat with them? And Peter began to explain it to them step by step. So Peter returns to Jerusalem and the people are already upset about what has happened. They're like, how dare you go to those people? What are you thinking associating with them? Don't you know that they are beyond God's grace and love? How dare you? They don't even, they're not even circumcised. They don't even follow our law. They don't fit into what we believe that the people of God should look like. How could you go and share this with them? And Peter says, well, let me tell you how, because I'm going to tell you the story of what has happened. And Peter walks through essentially the story that we heard last week about the vision that he had and about how well, as he's having this vision of the sheet being lowered and saying that he would not eat it and that all of a sudden he hears the voice of God saying that you cannot call, that he has made it all clean and you cannot call it profane. And, and, he's, and he's proclaiming to these people that you know, for too often we have decided what we think is profane and, and God is saying, I have called it clean, I have called it good, and you are making it profane. I have called it acceptable and you, through your own understanding, have labeled it as something else. And over and over he says that he heard this and then, and then the sheet went up into heaven. 
at the very moment, three men, these are the men that Cornelius sent from Caesarea, arrived at his house, and it says, and he says in verse 12, that the Spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house, and he told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And so he's proclaiming the story that, that he heard God proclaim to him. That there is no distinction. That, that it's not an us versus them, but it's a we as the people of God. And so when they showed up, he was able to hear what God was calling him to do. And the reason that Cornelius sent him is because he wanted to hear the message by which his entire household would be saved. He wanted to hear the good news. And so Peter said, As I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them, just as it had upon us at the beginning. And so he's comparing what happened to Cornelius and those men to what happened in Acts chapter 2. He's saying they were filled with the Holy Spirit just as we were in Acts chapter 2, just as we were at the beginning of the church. And he says in verse 16, I remembered the Lord, or the word of the Lord rather, saying how John had baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He said if then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we will believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I to hinder God. And when they heard this, they were silenced and they praised God saying and they praised God saying then God has given into the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life. You see, what he what has happened in this story in the section of Acts chapter 11 is that Peter has returned home and the people are upset. How dare you go to those Gentiles? What happened? We've heard that you were eating with them and drinking with them. We heard that you were associating with them, that you went into their homes. What is wrong with you? And, and, and how did they know this story? Before Peter had even gotten home, before Peter was there to share it, they had already heard the story. You see, there was something going on in the early church that thank goodness we don't have to encounter in our world, but it's that idea of rumors and gossip. Somebody had started saying, did you hear about Peter? Did you hear what Peter's doing? Did you hear who he's associating with? Peter's sharing with those people over there. And the story had begun to spread, but even before they could, be, uh, they could fact check by saying, Peter, what happened? And so these people were upset with Peter because how dare you do these things? I know this is hard to believe. But how often do we find ourselves sharing stories? We're all storytellers, and I, don't want to say, and I don't mean liars, but we all have a story to tell. The question is, what story are we telling to ourselves and to others, to this world? Because the stories that we tell will shape who we are becoming. And you see, the problem with the stories that have been shared about Peter is first that it was a secondhand story. They were, they were hearing what someone else was proclaiming about Peter. Without fact-checking, without going and saying what really happened, they're drawing conclusions. And the, the problem with second-hand stories is it's a lot like the telephone game when we were younger, where you would have a line of people and you would whisper something into the person next to you's ear. 
And you could only say it once, and then that person would repeat what they heard in someone else's ear, and so on and so forth. And the problem with this game is that nine times out of ten, you would start with a simple phrase that said something like, I like apple pie, and because it would be misheard or misconstrued, the next person would repeat it and it would be something different and it would continue to be misheard and misconstrued over and over until the phrase turned into there is an airplane in the sky or something like that because it had been misheard. And sometimes not even knowingly we have begun to share false information that this phrase was not that to begin with but because we thought it was, we shared it anyway. And this so often happens with secondhand stories. And the problem with secondhand stories is we allow what people have heard and think to be true to shape what we think and believe. You see, the people of Jerusalem had heard that Peter was doing these things, and they said, Peter, how dare you? Peter said, Wait a minute. Let me tell you the whole story. You're getting this second-hand story. Let me tell you what really happened. You see, we have got to stop basing our opinion of others on the opinion of others. And basing our opinion of things on the opinions that other people have. And this is what happens when we just listen to second-hand stories without investigating for ourselves, is that we hear what somebody says and we go, okay, I'm going to form my opinion on that. It's like reading a headline, but not the whole article. We go, oh, okay, I see what the article or the headline says. That must be what the whole article proclaims. You see, they didn't understand what had happened with Peter and what he had experienced because they weren't there. Which leads us to understand one thing, that as Peter began to follow the will of God, he was misunderstood. And if we want to be God to use us, then we better be prepared to be misunderstood as well. Because and people are going to misunderstand us when we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ, because it's not the way in which the world operates. When we say, love your neighbor as yourself, and, love, and pray for those that persecute you, give to those in need, when we tear down the walls of disunity to bring about unity in the kingdom... All of these second-hand stories that have been proclaimed by the news outlets and by other people in our lives, we will be misunderstood when we go and get the first-hand story from God. But notice the beauty of Peter is that when people come against him and say, Oh, I heard this about you. Peter doesn't let the stories that people have heard about him become his story. He doesn't let someone else's story become his own. He says, I know the truth. Why? Because I experienced it. I have lived it out. And so the first thing that I want us to hear is to stop when it comes to what is it that Jesus is proclaiming, what is it that God desires, what is it that, it's good, that God is doing in the world, to stop accepting secondhand stories, but to allow God to experience them for ourselves. Don't let someone else's story become yours. And don't let someone else's labels limit you or limit God. Because the other problem that Peter had is that the, what people had from, about his story is that it was a short story. They didn't know the whole story. They knew that Peter had associated with Gentiles and they were upset about it. But 
and so they came and they would had settled just for this short story. And what, what happens when we settle for, for partial truths and half stories is this. As you get things like, if you were to read Acts chapter 10, verse 39, it says, we are, bo- we are witnesses to all that he did, talking about Jesus, both in Judea and in Jerusalem. They, and they put him to death by hanging him on a tree. Now, if we stop there, we get a short story. Hey, we, we saw what happened, and y'all killed him. But if we go on into verse 40, where it says, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear then we get the rest of the story. We no longer are living in a short story, but we're getting the whole story that God, that Jesus didn't just come and die, but that He was raised again. We didn't stop at the comma, and I think for a lot of us in life, we stop at the comma, and we're not experiencing our whole story because we get overwhelmed by an instance in our lives. We can get stopped by the comma of trial or hurt or shame or guilt or struggle or heartache or loss, and we don't get to the rest of the story because we get so caught up at this comma in our story that we feel like we can't go on. And we allow ourselves to break down before we can get to the breakthrough that God desires for us. You see, when Peter shares the whole story of what happened, notice that it goes from guilt and shame to in the end, in verse verse, uh, 18 rather, that they begin to praise God for what God is doing. Because the whole story is a kingdom story. It's not the short story of our own worldview and our own understanding. It's not a secondhand story of what somebody else has experienced. It is your it is your story of how God is moving and shaping in your life. And it is the fact that you haven't allowed the, the ways of the world to cut you short, but you continue to pursue after God because you know the whole story doesn't stop at a comma, but it breaks through to the other side because the story of God is a story of resurrection and redemption. And this is the story that shapes our stories. Because we are characters in the greater story, which is God and God's story. It holds our stories together in truth and trust. That, that even when, the world, when what's going on in our lives seems hopeless and dead, that there is more to the story. Because we know that the end of the story is hope and victory and resurrection and resurrection. Why? Because we know this whole story. We've read the end. We know that God is not a God of death and hopelessness and fear and hurt and shame and guilt, but God is a God of freedom and love and grace and mercy and resurrection gets the final word because it is the whole story. Death is a short story, but resurrection is the whole story. And so my hope as we hear this story today is that we would not buy into secondhand stories that other people proclaim and push upon us, but that we would go and seek to hear the firsthand story from the God and author of all things good. That we would not settle for a short story and when things get tough, give up, but that we would know that the whole story is a story of redemption and resurrection and grace. And that we would go forth seeking to share that story seeking to walk with others in that story, 
seeking to help others to experience the story of resurrection. That we would go forth proclaiming the whole story, which is the good news of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen.